so first of all, I want to thank Stuart for creating this project. I guess it's very meaningful that he created a, a project for me, meaningful prayer, uh, especially now at this time with Claudius with, with what they're dealing with, the idea that finding ways to enhance the tefillah, to strengthen tefillah, uh, it's clearly that this is one of the points which we need to focus on at this point in time. So the idea of strengthening tefillah is a very powerful thing. So Stuart, uh, I really appreciate that, that you're doing this and I appreciate the opportunity to share. Thank you. Okay, so uh, we have a booklet over here. Uh, the, the date is wrong. So if you want to come back in a month from now, it'll still be there. Um, okay. The Raman, when he codifies the, 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 the mitzvah of davening, the Raman talks about it in two places. The beginning of the halachas of tefillah, the Raman talks about it. And the Raman tells us that the, the, the obligation to pray is actually a commandment. It's one of the, it's one of the commandments. And the Raman talks about it a second time. And number two, I said Bambam instead of Rambam, but it's, it's the Rambam. Don't get nervous. Right? The Raman talks about it a second time in the beginning of Hilchus Tanyers, when a person is going to the, the rules when a Klaisel is in a situation which requires us to, uh, to fast and address that. Uh, so the Ramam in the first, well, the first place where he talks about it, the beginning of Hilchus Tefillah, the Ramam says, we say in Krishna every day in the second paragraph, you should serve a Baruch with all of your heart. And the more tells us that what avoda do you do in your heart? Avoda is normally associated with the, the service of the Beis Mikdash, which is clearly not, clearly not in your heart. You take that, the Corbin and you mimak of the Corbin. So where is this an avoda which is inside of your heart? And the Gemara says it's referring to the concept of tefillah, of davening. So the Ramah understands that this is a, this is a mitzvah say of the, on a Torah level to daven on a daily basis. According to the Ramah, the mitzvah, the mitzvah to daven every day, midaraisa, a Torah level obligation. The Ramban disagrees, and we'll maybe touch on that possibility. The Ramban says this is not one of the, uh, one of the mitzvahs on the Torah level. This we, which we pray daily is a rabbinic precept. However, the Rambam, in a different place, the beginning of the Lachos of Tanyas, so we know that the more tells us that in situations where Klaisa was in danger, there's a mitzvah to fast. There's a mitzvah to create a Tainas, a day of Tainas. The Rambam over there says the following. So look at number two. Mitzvah say in the Torah, there's a positive commandment from the Torah, Lizoik to, to call out, to scream out, and to blow the chatzorsers, the trumpets, when Klayosul is in a situation of difficulty, of danger. Because the Pesach says, when you have the enemy attacking you, call out with chatzorsers. Now, the fact that we don't do trumpets nowadays, uh, the Mishnah actually has a long discussion about this, he doesn't know why we don't do this anymore. He gives three possible suggestions why we don't do this anymore. But it, it, he, he does mention that, that the minig is not to use chachachas anymore. But, but that's not our topic for tonight. Now, the Ramah says, the example that the Torah gives, that you have this, this obligation to call out to God, is in the case where the enemy is attacking Klayasa, like we're, our situation. But the Ramah says, in other words to say, 
So it's, it's not limited to that situation. We, we take that and we extrapolate to other scenarios. Any situation where a person feels constricted, confined, in difficulty. There's going to be a famine. There's going to be a plague. There's going to be an attack of locusts. Or anything of that sort. You have to call out to God. The, the Raman says there's a mitzvah that when a person is in a situation of danger, of difficulty, of tzorah, to call out to God. This is independent of the mitzvah that he says that one, must, that one should pray every day. The Ramban agrees with the Rambam on the second point. That there's a mitzvah of the Torah, to, when a person's in a situation of tzorah, to, to, in, a, in a situation of danger, to, to call out to God and to speak to him. So we are dealing with our situation. We have a mitzvah deraisa, according to everybody, to Davin. I once heard a recording of a shir that I saw written from a person named Rabbi Yisrael Tauber. Rabbi Yisrael Tauber, Zichel of Rocha, was a, a balabas who lived in Monsi, tremendous Talmud a very learned individual. And he, he there were thousands of, of cassette tapes, whatever those are, right? Um, I guess this crowd knows what they are. Okay, um, right? Eight tracks. Um, okay, right? Thousands of recordings on different topics that he spoke about. And he quoted in the name of the Briskarov the following thought. I've never seen it written from the Briskarov, but he quoted the Briskarov that says the following. If you look at the language of the Rambam, the Rambam says, any situation where a person finds difficulty. Any situation. So what is the Rambam coming to add with that phrase of kol dover? So... The example that the Torah gave is life-threatening situation. The Rambam's other examples, but Tzorah, Dever, and Arba, theoretically, a famine is life-threatening, a plague is life-threatening, and a, an attack of locusts that's going to eat a whole the food is life-threatening. It sounds like the example that he gives, it's going to be something only which is life-threatening. However, he quoted from the Rizkarov that that's not true. That the fact that the Ramam uses the language of kol dover shiyotzal, anything where the person finds effect, affecting him negatively, you have a mitzvah in the Torah to daven about it. So that expands this mitzvah the raisa all over the place. So besides, I have my, my right now my life is going every way I want, and I have no complaints, I have no, I have needs. Obviously, everybody has needs, but right now I'm not feeling any 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 challenges, any any difficulties. I visit the rice to Davin once a day. If I have a need, whatever it might be, according to the Rambam, according to the Rishkarov, there's a mitzvah the rice to Davin. So Rabbi Tarber continues and he says, he was a businessman, he, he, was, he was quite wealthy, he felt, dealt with some very, very important financial deals, etc. And he's sitting by the negotiating table and he really wants the other person to accept the terms of the deal. So he turns his eyes heavenward. He says, God, please let him accept the terms of the, of the negotiation. So that's a mitzvah the rice of tefillah, according to the Rambam. I feel a very strong need. I need to get this done. It's important to me. It's, it, it's going to make, make or break my business. I need this to get done. There's a mitzvah the rice of tefillah. He says, some of my best prayers have been said in the office, sitting by the negotiating table. Right? Some of the most intense, deep, passionate moments of my life, he said, that, you know, I, I, 
I need to get this to work. So it's a fascinating idea that the opportunities for tefillah are all the time. So obviously you cannot limit this to the moment of Shemun Because this is going to be, right, I'm traveling somewhere and I promised somebody I would be there at a certain time and that person does not like when I come late. Very much so. And I need to make the light, I need to make that light and it's about to turn red. Hashem, please let the light stay green. According to the Rav, that would be a mitzvah the rice of tefillah. So I'm not having to answer my car, but I'm, I'm turning my eyes heavenward and focus forward, and I'm saying, I need help. I need that light to stay green, please. If that comes out of, if that's something which is really important to me, I really need that, that'll be a mitzvah the rice of tefillah. The more says that the Pesukim describe in Sefer Shmuel that uh, he, at the time of Dabur Melech, there was this devil which came upon Klai Yisrael. There was this, there was this plague which came upon Klai Yisrael because of a very which was done. And David had to address, he find, had to find a way to address it, that Klai Yisrael should do tshuva. And he instituted the concept of saying 100 brachas a day. So we know there's a law that a person should, should the question doesn't apply to women, only to men, say 100 blessings every day. He based it on a, on a Pesach of Eikev. What does God ask of you? The word Moa can be read Meir. You want to have your Shemayim? A hundred brachas a day. So the more Menachah says that David Melech made this drasha and he instituted the concept of saying one hundred brachas a day. So one day, one time, after seeing this thought multiple, multiple times, it hit me. The language of the brachas that we have was instituted by the Anshik Nesel the beginning of Bayashani. David instituted the concept saying 100 brachas a day 600 years before that. So what exactly was supposed to happen that he's supposed to say 100 brachas a day if we don't have brachas yet? So apparently what David was saying was 100 times a day a person was forced to on his own stop and say, oh my gosh, I'm able to speak. Thank you, God, I'm able to speak. He had to compose his own brachas. His own thank yous to Hashem for the food, for whatever he came up with. A hundred times a day, a person had to stop and think, what's going on in my life right now, which, is, which I want to say thank you to Hashem for that. Can you imagine the impact that that had on people's lives? They were forced a hundred times a day to stop on their own, and come up with something which was happening right now, which either they needed help from Hashem, and they would say a bakasha and then say thank you. Whether it was a bakasha or whether it was a thank you, they had to come up with that on their own. And this was very powerful. If you can just picture that, doing it five times a day, what type of impact that would have. Now, can we compose our own brachas nowadays? The assumption, of, according to most postings, we do not allow that. We can't uh, do that. But our own makoshas, we can still do. Chazish has a letter. It's in, in the, we have a collection, various collections of the, the, the letters of the Chazanish. In good old days, people communicated through, through, through writing letters, so we, able, we, have a, we have a record of it, you know. So in Chayla Gimel, Chazish writes that a person is allowed to compose their own prayers, even use Hashem's name, 
and then make whatever his request is, a person could do that. Anytime during the day, a person can make such a bakash. One of my rabbis one time pointed out that the Ramam says that the formula of how you should compose any prayer has three parts to it. There's the praise to Hashem, there's the request, and then there's the hoidah, the thank you at the end. So he suggested that we should do that. Anytime we do this bakasha, we should start out with a praise to Hashem. Baruch Hashem, lo'elom, amen, amen. Hashem, please let, me, let that light stay green. Thank you, Hashem, that the light stay green. So that would be the formula to say that, bakasha. Chazish does not mention that. Chazish says, you say, that the light should stay green. And that's the midst of the rice of Tfil. Now, let's go back a second. Let's go back to the first Rambam. The Rambam says that we, the, the mitzvah tefillah is given to us in the language of avodah, of service. Okay? So the Torah didn't write, pray. The Torah wrote, serve Hashem with your heart. And the, the more it tells us that, that is davening. So let's stop in a second and understand what that means. Once upon a time, we did the Avoidah in the Besamekdash with Karbonus. So Rabbi Yoda explains that what happened, that Rabbi Yoda, we have a statement from the Rabbi Yoda called Shari Avoidah, who describes what went through people's minds when they were bringing a Korban. It says, the animal was, was a live being. It had fear. It had excitement. The person related to the emotions of the animal. And the person saw this animal being slaughtered on the Mizbech. It was very traumatic to the person. And it, it hit the person, that could have been me. It should have been me. I deserve, really was the one who should have, should have offered myself in its place, but I'm not allowed to. So I'm using this as the vehicle to have that level of impact on my emotions, as if I'm giving over, giving over myself to God. So that was the void in the time of the Besamekdash. We don't have that anymore. It's okay. So the Torah tells us, you know what? You can do the Avoida through speech. The Shalom Forum is saying that we can accomplish what, what we need to accomplish with Karbonus through speaking. So what would you picture what we, we'd be, we, we would be saying? Hashem, I want to offer myself to you. I wish I could offer myself to you. I love you so much, or I, I, I don't deserve to continue at my existence as is. I want to give myself back to you. We use that, that type of language. God, I'm here to serve you. I'm ready to serve. Uh, I would like um, some das. I would like some money. I would like health. I would like this. I would like this. It's a laundry, li- laundry list of what I want. Why is that called service? Where's the avoda? What is going on? We, we moved from giving over, almost giving our, our, our bodies on the Mizbeach, giving this animal in place of ourselves, and that level of trauma, of emotion, to giving a laundry list to God about what we want. And I'm called the servant. So we need to understand what, what exactly, the, the, if the Torah gave the mitzvah of tefillah, which we do through the process of Akasha, in the language of an avoider, what does that mean? The Sefer Nevshachaim discusses the concepts called Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem. Kiddush Hashem and Chil Hashem. 
He says, when Hashem created the world, Hashem's presence really was palpable everywhere. But if Hashem's presence is palpable everywhere, there's no, there's no, free, there's no free will, there's no choice. Because Hashem's presence is there, I feel the presence of God in a way which I can't deny it, I can't do an Avera. So Hashem, as it were, voided himself out from that spot and made it seem as if he emptied himself out, so it seems to me there's no God there. Now we have free will. So he made a halal, a halal is a void. So there was a chil Hashem, there was a halal, there was a, he says the word chil Hashem is tied to the concept of a halal, of a void. Anytime a person does something which strengthens that perception that Hashem is not there, it's called a chil Hashem. Anytime a person injects a Kaddish Baruch Hu back into that void, it's a Kiddush Hashem. That's what a Kiddush Hashem is. Uh, this is a pitch. We're giving a t- Thanksgiving Day shear in the Shiva on the topic of Kiddush Hashem. This is part of, this is part of that thought. Okay. Kiddush Hashem. Chabas Chaim writes, the Gemara says, with famous Gemara, the Gemara says, a person who answers, Amen even if he has a decree in heaven, an evil, a bad decree in heaven for 70 years, which is a full lifetime, it will be ripped up by saying, with all of his kayak. So now, there's a Mechlech Mishonim, what that means. Some say it means, you say it as loud as possible. And some say it means with all of your kavan. But the Tel Zerub has the shmuz, he says, okay, so I, I have the, this person, whatever reason was decreed, he's going to have a horrible life. He walks in the show on time and he screams, all of his kayak, he shared out with Barak, oh, okay, fine, done. Like, how does that work? Like, there has to be a logic behind this. He says, the Barak created the world. The process, the purpose of the world is to put a Kodesh Baruch back into the picture. That's called a Kedosh Hashem. When a person says, he says, I want Hashem's name to be increased. What he's saying, I want to bring Hashem's name back. He's making a pledge. He's making a promise. He's going to bring Hashem's name back. The person says, you know what? Maybe you're not the greatest guy in the world. Maybe you don't deserve it on your own, but if you're going to do my job of bringing me back, I can let you live. I can give you whatever you need to make sure you, get to, you can do that. So our avoida is to bring the Kodesh Baruch Hu back into the, into the world. And that's called Kiddush Hashem. And that's what we say, Yeshver Rabba. And that changes the whole purpose, the, the way the Russian looks at us. Because if we're a vehicle for that, Russia needs us in the world. In 1914, the beginning of World War I, which was then called the Great War, the Chavos Chaim put out a, a proclamation that if people would realize how powerful saying Yeshver Rabba Mavorach is, they would realize that if a person says it with the proper kavana, which means we're saying that this, this commitment to bring HaKadosh Baruch back into the Bria, into the world, they would realize it, would, it could save thousands of lives if they would do that. So he recommends at the beginning of the, te- the terrible tragedies which took place, they were eclipsed eventually by World War II. And if you don't realize how bad World War I was, but it was terrible. Millions of people died. 
refugees. It was a, it was a horrible situation. He says it could be obviated, the whole situation, if, if people commit to three times a day going to shul, saying, etc. If the purpose of the, the, the job is to encourage people to go back into the world, so there's two ways to look at my world, my life. I'm a smart guy, and I, I'll do X, Y, and Z. Or God, you know what? Me? I don't have any intelligence. I don't know anything. You are the source of it. Help me understand. Help me have knowledge. Help me have wisdom. Hashem, health? Yeah, I'll, I'll exercise. I'll do all those things that I need. I can't do that. You do that. Tefillah is, is taking what's most dear to me, which is my attitude about that I'm somebody, and giving it back to Hashem. That's my korban. I'm not giving the animal. I'm giving myself. I'm giving over the perception of how powerful I am and how good I am and how smart I am and how accomplished I am and saying, no, no, it's not me. It's you. I've given away the most precious thing that I have, my self-esteem, my gaiva, my self-perception. It's not me, it's God. That's the process of tefillah. And every time we ask the Kaddish Baruch for help, what we're saying is, I can't do it, you do it. We're giving away that gaiva. We're giving away that perception of that we exist independent of God. The blockage that we, we perceive ourselves as being independent of God is being whittled away. That's the Kiddush Hashem, which we're doing through tefillah. We're being Kaddish Baruch back into the world. So that's something which you don't want to wait till three times a day. You want to try and do that whenever you can. Because as you have the perception, wow, I just made this great deal. I just figured out this great idea. I just helped this person. I just accomplished this. I just did that. I, 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 I. You say, you know, Shem, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. I'm the biggest impediment, in a certain sense, to Hashem's presence. Me, the, the big I, is the biggest impediment to Hashem's presence. Rabbi, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Dr. Abram J. Tversky, um, says a story that he was in, in Eretz Yisrael by the Kaisel, and he was davening, and then they brought, as he was davening there, they brought this elderly Swardi Jew who was blind up to the Kaisel. And the person, they positioned him right next to Rabbi Tversky, Dr. Tversky, and he caressed the stones and he kissed the stones, and then he starts talking to Hashem in a conversational voice. He says, I really, it wasn't my business to listen, but it was like very hard not to hear because he's right next to me talking loud enough that I could hear. And he starts telling Hashem about his day. He says, you know, Hashem, I got up this morning, and I really appreciate the fact that you were able to allow me to do that. And he goes through his day, etc., etc. And Rabbi Tversky is trying to say his tale and whatever it is, and this person is like talking about his day. Then at one point he says, he overhears the individual saying, oh, I'm sorry, I told you that already. And Rabbi Tversky commented on that and says, at that moment I realized that I had never davened in my life. This person knew he was talking to somebody to the point that he apologized for repeating himself. Why am I telling you again? I told you already. So why am I saying it again? I'm so sorry. I, he, he knew somebody was listening. He wasn't talking to a wall. They're saying, when I can't communicate to somebody, he's talking to the wall. A lot of us talk to the wall. Revolva writes and says, you know, that Kavod and davening is not a hard thing. If you know that the, the Russian was listening, it's not hard at all. 
He says, you, I'm having a conversation with you. I don't need to go like, yeah, I want to tell you today what I did. I, I, you know, you just say it because you're listening. Hopefully, right? You know, somebody's listening out there, right? I know you're listening. I don't need to work on myself and to shuckle and to scream and to yell and to dance and to sing. I just talk to you. Just talk. Rebecca Miller's at Sal, I heard from one of his grandsons, he used to dive in a conversational voice to drive home to himself that that's how he's talking to Hashem. So he listened to his grandfather, he says, one morning, he's saying, the beginning of Berchus Yitzhah, or the beginning of Berchus Kriyashma, Baruch Atah Hashem, Elokeinu Melech Elam, Yitzhah, Good morning, God, how are you today? That tone of voice, he's talking to God. That's tefillah. The Bershom is so real, I can talk to him. The more we take these other moments of our day, we say, you know, I start, start talking to God, I get used to the idea that I'm talking to God. Bershom Zaman writes, however, if you ask this for the same thing again and again and again, Bershom did that. But, but if we do that, at some point, it becomes a message that he's not, we think he's not listening. And that's a bad thing, because he's listening. We can be an auction, keep asking. But sometimes we lose the flavor of understanding that he's listening. It's good to stop for a few, few days, he says, for at, make, making that request, and then start over again. Whatever request you're making. Okay, um... So we've spoken now about the idea of davening any time of the day or night. Person's lying in bed, thinking about someone else. Israel says, Hashem, please watch over that person. Say his name. Hashem, please bring the hostages back home safely. Hashem, please help me with my presentation tomorrow that I'm going to making it work. Hashem, please make, help, help my child be successful in school, in school tomorrow and work tomorrow. Etc. There's so much to do. Just Bershom is—he's there. Talk to him. But that being said, like Stewart said, there is places in Shmona where you're allowed to insert. And the idea that we insert it, Bershom Zalman Orbach has Stewart's point that it helps us have kavana in the Shmona because I'm taking this idea, and it's not just some words, some formula which the rabbis put in my mouth. But it's my words as well. Uh, if you're fluent in Hebrew, it's preferable to do it in Hebrew. Uh, if you're not, you can do it in any language. Where do you do it in Shvanesri? Where, where are the places where one inserts? So there are three, actually, the Ben says there are actually four options of how you make insertions. Um, three places, four options. In each one of the brachas, if you have a request which is of the topic of the bracha, you can insert it in, in that bracha. Number one. During Shemaya Tefillah, you can, make, you can insert any type of thing that you want. And then, at the end of Shemaya during the paragraph of, of Elokai Nitzor, you can make any request that you want. The Chayotim, Mishabur quotes from the Chayotim, the Chayotim recommends doing it at the end. Um, why? Because 
if you daven if you're too, if you're davening is too lengthy, you'll lose opportunity to answer kedusha or kaddish. Whereas in the paragraph of the kind of story, you can interrupt and answer kaddish or kedusha. That being said, this idea that it's going to enhance my davening by putting these insertions, waiting all the way to the end, sort of loses that intense that that that, that benefit. Benyarda continues and says, when I, if I make an insertion in the bracha itself, in the bracha where well, that's the topic. So I'm learning Gemara, like Rashi says, and I don't remember the Gemara well. So I want to ask Hashem for help to remember. So in the bracha, I would ask for help to remember what I'm learning. Hashem gives das, he gives wisdom, he gives intelligence, he gives a memory, all of that is part of that. Hashem, I need help with my memory, I don't remember. Please help me remember the, better in my learning. So you have to start off the bracha the way the Chazal started off. You have to start with that. You have to end the bracha before you say the actual bracha to Hashem. You have to say something which is parallel to that. It's called meina chasima, samalach chasima. It has to be parallel to what you're saying. So you should put it in the middle. Start the bracha, make your request, finish off the language of Chazal, and then and say the bracha at the end. So, for example, if you look in the Siddur, when the people daven for a chayla, so that's what we do. We start off with Rifuenu. Then we have this Yeratzen for the chayla. Then we talk, we say, So we put it in the middle. Rehoboam, however, says the following. That's what you're asking for an individual. You're asking for a personal, private, and individual need. Let's hear davening for all of Kali Yisrael. So you'll be saying this in the, in, 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 the, in the plural, not in the singular then it sounds like the language of the bracha. You should not insert it in the middle. You should finish off the whole language of the bracha, except for the bracha to Hashem. At that point, stop. Add in what you want for Klai Yisrael. And then repeat that last, last phrase again, and then say the bracha. Because you need, first need to, if, if you stick in the middle, it looks like you're changing the language of Chazal's bracha, which you shouldn't do. When you're saying in the singular, it's clearly not the same as Chazal's language is in the plural, and you're in the singular. So it's not, well, it won't be misconstrued as you're, you're changing the language of the, of the bracha. But in the bracha itself, if you're going to add, if Yisrael needs, needs a Yeshua, right? Hashem should fight our fight. Right? And you want to say that Hashem should fight our fight in Eretz Yisrael against Hamas. Right? So if you would say that in, the, in our fight, you're saying the plural, you put it there, it looks like you're changing the language of the bracha. So you'd finish off the, right, Russian, please help Yisrael overcome Hamas and Eretz Israel safely. All the soldiers should be brought back, back home safely. So that's how the Rebbe says, that's Mishra Baruch's essence to So you want to do it in the middle of Shemit you want to do it in the plural, which right now obviously is on our minds. The plural, we are going to put it in a different place then when it's first, where, for example, where Fuenu, if you're asking, davening for all the Chaylam in Eretz Yisrael, the thousands of Chaylam, uh, you're davening for them, you would put it in a different place than when you put in the, 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 the paragraph of Hira, the, the, this Bakasha for the, this, this ill person, that ill person, etc. That's a Mishabura passage like that. So it's worthwhile to do that. Because um, it helps you think about, I'm asking for Rafua. There are th- thousands of people in Klaisa which are sick, whether I know about it or not. And obviously I would like all of them to get better. 
but it doesn't really impact me personally. I don't feel that pain. But th this individual, that I, that's my relative or my friend, or my friend's relative, or someone I really care about. Or the situation, so it's, 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 it's impacted me emotionally that I really care about this. I want to ask Hashem for help. Now that's what we should be davening for. That's, because that, that is going to now help us recognize that Hashem is the source. Whereas I just sort of like read off this list of names, but I don't feel a personal, personal connection. So Rav Zalman recommends not to do that because you're going to get back to this problem. Tefillah is going to become just a rote thing. And that's not the point. In the booklet, I put in the, uh, the Gemara in, um, in Brachas. So Gemara in Brachas has 12 different um, rabbis of the Talmud who had put in personal requests at the end, at the end of the uh, davening. So you'll notice that Arzul gave me, says, I have to put it in small letters at the bottom. I don't know how small it's going to look. It's like really small, reproduced, right? All the way from the bottom over there. Um, so Morris says, that Morris goes to these 12, 12 different Amaroyim who had made insertions at the end of the essay. And always, Morris, they, all of them says at the end of the essay. What's interesting about some of them, just practically, one of them became Artfila of Elkanisor. We, we, it entered the liturgy from this, he composed it, Marbury Ravina composed this Tfila of Elkanisor, the Shinmiro which we say, and eventually it entered our liturgy from him. One of them, as Rav used to say every day, that which we say on Rosh Kodesh benching is Rav's tefillah. He said every day in his He composed it to say it in Shmonesrei, at the end of Shmonesrei. And we took it into our liturgy to use it, Ashkenazim, to use it for Birchus HaKodesh. One of them is the tefillah which we say in Shman, at the end of Shemun Esri on Yom Kippur. Ashul Nesartani Kedai. So some of these tefillahs um, actually have been taken, just a, not just an example that, he, that these Amoroyim did, but we have borrowed them. But just looking at them a little bit, the different types of things that they were asking for, um, it was interesting to me is that for the most part, they're, they're, um, they're general types of requests. So uh, he says that we should have we should have brotherhood and peace, we should have more Talmidim, we should wake up in the morning and want to, want to, want to serve you. He didn't ask for making the light green. Right. Right. It, it was more a general type of thing. He did this every day. We don't know if the, it, occasionally he would, he would have a specific thing that he was going to be asking for, but th this was done on, on a regular basis. He said this every single day, three times a day. So if you, those type of things you're doing, it sounds like you should talk more in generalities. You have a specific instance, you have a specific need, you would say that in, in, a, more, in a more specific language. Um, but uh, obviously you wouldn't be doing that on a regular basis. And, and, and the, the market and goes through the various different examples of that. Rav's tefillah, which we say, he asked for Chaim, he, it's quite a, 
broad ranging tefillah. He has to chaim shel shalom, chaim shel toiva, chaim shel bracha, chilat atzamas, yir shemayim, avos haTorah. I mean, like what's left? You know, it's like everything. But you know, right? So that's great. That Rav found his own voice to say that these bakoshes. Why do you wait till the end as opposed to saying it earlier? Is the, is the suggestion of the Chayyotim a possibility? Another reason, maybe he could have been so broad ranging it didn't fit anywhere. He wanted to put it at the end. I'm not sure. Um, Rebbe has a bakasha. We say this, we say this every morning um, after Gemal Chasenim Tan Labal Yisro. We say the, the, the bakasha that Rebbe said. So the fortune say that Rebbe was the leader of Kaisa. So the problem is, you know, the people who f- pushed back and didn't accept his authority were his biggest problem. The Mechutzafim, the Azeponim. So that was, a, that was the personal need that he had that Rebbe Daman for. Save us from the Chavara, the Shachina, the Din Kasha, Baal Din Kasha, a very difficult. Uh, Filed in the litigants in the court case, um, and the more says, "Avogav the kami sutsay alay the rebbe." It's on page. Uh, that's page four, and the set in the the right column. So after that, then at the end of the first paragraph, it says, "This prayer was always recited, even though guards constantly stood over rebbe." Rebbe was he was he was a nasi and he had a whole entourage. He had people protecting him. He's still diving for help. That's what Morris is saying. Don't make a mistake just because you have everything, quote unquote, you need, that it's automatically going to go the way you want it to go. So Rebbe understood that, and this was his daily bakasha, three times a day. Let me lead Klayasil and, and find a way to get past these people which are refusing to accept the authority. Help me that with that. This was his personal issue that he had that he needed to address. Why we say it every day, it's, it's relevant to everybody. But Rebbe, this was his personal need. That's before Shemek says that that would be why Rebbe said that. Um, at the, the bottom of that column. So the Morris says that Rabbi at the end of the Dabin would say, Elokai, my God, before I was formed, I was unworthy of being formed. And now that I've been created, I've been formed, I'm still unworthy. It's like I'm not even here. I'm dust in life. So much sore, so much, so much so more so in my death. I'm I feel embarrassed to present myself to you. That's not a bakasha yet. It's an introduction to what he wants to ask. Maybe we shall left it. I don't want to. I don't want to continue sinning. I don't want to do this. All right. I want you to remove my sins. I want you to obliterate this. I want you to to, to cleanse me from those sins. But please don't do it through your servant Chalimran. That's his bakasha. So he introduces bakasha. I know that I don't deserve this. I know that I'm unworthy. I know that I'm a, I'm a mess. All right. That you know you look at me and say, Oh my gosh, look at. That fellow named Rava, he's, you know, he's, he's problematic. But I can still ask. So Rava's not coming from the vantage point and saying, I deserve this. He's coming from the vantage point and saying that I would like to ask anyway. I, I just want to end with a, um, back to a thought from Rabbi Tauber. Um, and it's, 
Sometimes you hear a thought and you realize it, it's, it's, it, you hear the, it rings true, but you also realize that the person has to have lived like that to, thought of the, to think of the idea. He's talking in the beginning of Parshas Veskanon. Meshavedo asks God to go into Eretz Yisrael, and he dives 515 times he wants to go into Eretz Yisrael. And the Torah uses the language of Veskanan. So Rashi says, what's the la-? there's many different languages of, of, of asking, what's Veskanan? He says Veskanan means matnaskinim, for free. Sadiqim. Even though they have Torah, which they could potentially barter for whatever they want, they ask for, for a mountain of skin. They ask they should get a free present. So he says, one side, what does that mean? He says, you could pay for it, but you want to get a handout instead. Like, so that, what, why is it a Shabbos? Dirty Jew. Like, you know, like, you know, pay for it. You know, like, you know, what's, what's wrong with you? Like, no, I don't want to pay. I see, like, if you're finagle, you get it for free. Why is that considered a praise to the tzaddikim? So he gives the following motion. Imagine it's 1938, and Hitler is about to set in motion his final solution. You're a wealthy Jew, very wealthy, exceedingly wealthy Jew, and you hear that Hitler is willing to negotiate the Jews for money. You fly to Berlin, you meet with Hitler, and he agrees to sell you all the Jews. He lets the Jews stay alive, sets the price, they negotiate the price, he saves all the Jews. To do this, he has to liquidate every single thing that he has. All of his businesses, everything. Is, all of his stocks, investments, businesses. Everything is sold. His home. His clothing. He's left in the streets of Berlin. He, he has no airfare to go home. With a shirt on his back. He has no place to live. He has no money for food. He's homeless, penniless, starving, but he saved six million Jews. It's been two days since he's eaten something. He turns his eyes heavenward and he says, God, you know, you said that saving one Jew is like saving a whole world. I saved six million. I don't deserve lunch? Something? Says, That's not what he says. And he says, God, saving one Jew is like saving a whole world. And you and your infinite kindness and wisdom gave me the, 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 the merit and opportunity and the sluice to save not one Jew, to save six million Jews. I owe you so much. There's no way I can ever pay you back. If I lived a million years, how can I ever pay you back for all of the kindness that you gave me that you allowed me to do such a beautiful mitzvah? What could I, I, I can't even dream having the chutzpah to ask, but you're so nice. Would you mind giving me breakfast also? Because I'm really hungry. Moshe says to Kodesh Baruch me? There's no person who owes Kodesh Baruch more than Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu took Klaes out of Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu gave Klaes all the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu could live a million years. He can't pay back on Kodesh Baruch He says, I can never pay you back. What's what? You gave me so many opportunities of slusim and opportunities and chesed. I, I, you owe me nothing. I owe you everything and I can never pay you back. But you're such a nice... Hashem, you're so nice. Would you mind also giving me my own skin? That's pshat. When we come to Kodesh Baruch we don't come and demand it. Come recognizing that, that whatever we have is his. Whatever we've accomplished is his. And we feel such a curse at time that he gave us the opportunity to do that. But we know that he's a Balchesed, and we say, please, Hashem, let me, could I also have this in your infinite kindness, in your infinite care and concern and awareness, could I also have this as well? I said I'm going to end with one more thought. Um, in the 1980s, at one point in time, we, 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 we went through, it's difficult to cope, we were working with a certain issue, 
And we came to our Shiva, Shiva of Kaimstein, with the following dilemma. He said, Rebbe, when we focus on our, our situation, the issues which are going on, we feel emotionally very, very impacted by it, and our tefillahs are very intense, and proper tefillahs, etc. But when we do that, we don't function the rest of the day. And when we sort of put it to the side and not focus on it, so we function, but then our davening is like, it's not so, it doesn't have the intensity of the davening, it's supposed to have the davening. So we feel like the Shem gave us the Torah because he wants us to daven, but we focus on the Torah, we can't daven, we, we, we can't function, if we, if, we don't, if we function, we can't daven. What do we do? So he said the following. Because I'll tell us that Roman Vino, the Ovis, were not able to have children. Because Hashem wanted them to daven. So he said, what does that mean? If, imagine Roman Vino had given birth to Yitzhak when he was 30 years old, like everybody else. So he wouldn't daven, because we're talking about Roman Vino. Ah, Barakshah, I have a kid, I don't daven. Like, you know, Roman Vino's going to daven either way. So what does it mean that Hashem wanted him to daven? Hashem was pushing Romino just a little more. That's all that was available. He was already doing 99.9999. You know, I want that one, that 0.001% more. And that was so valuable to Kodesh Baruch He says, you know what? I'm going to wait 70 years for you to have a child because I want that extra piece from you. We're not talking about making major changes over here. And all of a sudden becoming like, you know, the, 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 this phenomenal tzaddik and rebbe who davens with Kabbalah and Gavaldic, etc. We're talking about a little more. A little more is very powerful. It's worth it Baruch Hu, to wait 70 years for Avinu for that little more. So we can do a little more. Our tefillahs will be a little more, little more. That's a Kiddush Hashem. It's a that more Kiddush Hashem. It's more bringing Kodesh Baruch Hu back into the Bria. That's going to be a schus for Klaiso. A schus to bring home the, uh, the, 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 the hostages, protect the soldiers. I believe that our tefillahs are making a difference. You, know, you, you sit and think beforehand what could have happened, what could be with the rockets and with the soldiers in, in, in such a horrible, dangerous place. Every casualty is terrible. Every life is lost is terrible. But we're talking about in the, in the tens, not in the hundreds, not in the thousands. It could have been in the hundreds of thousands. And Hashem is listening to our tefillahs. One of the, somebody told me that what, they were interviewing one of the Hamas fellows over there. And the, the Israeli said to him, he says, you guys have horrible aim. A four-year-old has a better aim than you guys. The, the, the rockets go like, go like there, they go there. They go, like, you know, you know, like, what's wrong with you guys? You know, how stupid are you? Like, he says, you don't understand. We're, we're sending them straight. Your God is turning them away. This is what the Hamas fellow said to the, the, the Israeli interrogator. There's thousands of rockets raining on a Kalyasol. And every one which hits, it, it's horrible. But out of them, like, we look at the casualties. Our tefillahs, we wish they were better. We wish there was more. But our tefillahs are working. We just have to make sure that we keep them up. And that will be the Siyat HaDashmaya, to see Yeshua's, as Hashem, the Kor of Mamash Yeshua's, 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 Y